Check my statistics If we talking about go, You gotta give me a mention This is rational hour If we being realistic This is rational They said I couldn't do it But I did it work Ethic like mom But you know that boy is a problem Tell me when to get him Then I got him This is rational hour I'm just keeping it a honey This is rational hour Everything you doing I done done it My top 10 and then you guys can give your takes on it. We'll, we'll get, and then you can, you know, say where you would change or what you see differently. Um, at number one, coming in in my 2021 uh, top 25, my top 10, I got Bama one, uh, Clemson two, Oklahoma three, Georgia four, Texas A&M five, Notre Dame six, Ohio State seven, Iowa State eight, Cincy nine, and North Carolina ten. I mean, Brian, what, I mean, honestly, what, what, Ryan, Ryan, what do you guys think we should do with Oklahoma? Because I don't, I'm not sure that, that they have a team like we've seen from these Oklahoma teams the past three, four years. Uh, right. This team looks a little weaker than, than uh, advertised these past couple of years. What, where, what, would what do you, you where, would you, where would you put on Memphis first? Let me just ask you, do you have them in your top five? Not in my top five. I have him like seven. Is See, of, offensively, offensively, yes, I agree. Offensively, and I have yeah. them. I have them number four. Um, okay. Because offensively, they can they'll score. You know, against anybody, they'll. You know, Spencer Rattler does a great job getting the ball out of his hands. They had a pretty deep running back core last year, who you know ran the ball well. Obviously, uh, their top running back got uh, got drafted. Um, you know, and he's actually uh, came out of the same community college that I played at, uh, at Cerritos. Um, he got drafted by the, okay. by the Patriots. Um, so they have a pretty deep running back core. Wide receivers um, is decent. It's on the defensive side of the ball is where they can't figure it out. Um, yeah. Their, their defense is just constantly just blown assignments. It's, it just, they play as if they're very undisciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times they, you know, they showed some discipline um, at times last year, but overall, just a very undisciplined team. You know, it'll be third down. Um, they're about to get the offense, you know, off the field and then a late hit um, or a taunting um, penalty. Um, their defense just isn't isn't disciplined. And so I think that's where it's, you know, it's hard to see of which which team you're going to which team you're going to get, because offensively they can play with anybody. Um, but defensively is where they um, over the years have been struggling defenses that will stop offenses. It's all games are pretty much shootouts now. I mean, there's a handful of schools that produce top defenses now, but I mean, Oklahoma every year, I mean, it's, it seems that way. I mean, even when they had Lamb and, and CeeDee Lamb and every the whole crew, I mean, even with Murray, you know, they, they win a lot of shootouts, man, and they, they get by on that. They, I think they just hang their hat on offense, and they, they'll lose a couple games in overtime and things like that, but that's the Big 12 in itself, and I think that's just Oklahoma football. And it comes back to, and bite them when they need it most because they end up like when Baker Mayfield in a Rose Bowl against Georgia where they need to hit some stops and they don't do it. you know. And, but they always will compete and be in the winning uh, end most of the time. 
what do you, what do you uh, what, uh, what's your top ten, Brian? So I have Alabama one, Clemson two. I have Ohio State three, then Oklahoma four, uh, Georgia five. I got a got a shocker here, number six. I actually have Penn State having a bounce back year um, and jumping back in um, in their dominance. Um, I think. I think COVID, you know, I think for Penn State, it was just a tough year with COVID, um, but they have a returning quarterback. They had a, they have a pretty decent one-two punch, um, you know, at running back defenses. Um, historically, it has always been um, pretty solid, um, both in the run and the pass game. Um, then seven, I got, I got our boy Jimbo Fisher. Um, you know, it was good seeing him kind of bring Texas A&M back into relevance. Um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see um, the next quarterback stepping in, especially after Kellen Mond left. It. But I mean, they they just have talent all over the field. Um, just he's just a great recruiter and does a great job of uh, of just developing developing players. I mean, Kevin, Calvin Mond is a prime example of of that, at least in my eyes. Then I got LSU um, number eight. Um, got my BYU guy Steve Sarkeesian number nine. Uh, I think, I mean, Texas last year was what they, they lost. I think they had three games, three, maybe four games that if they would have won and those games could have went any, you know, a play here, they're on the other side, they're on the winning side and Herman still has his job. So the talent, talent is there. Um, And so Sarkeesian is going to come in, um, has a prolific offense. Um, I see, I see Texas, you know, not necessarily surprising people because like I said, there was three or four games that Texas lost that they easily could have won. And, you know, if they would have won those games, Herman will still be there. Um, And then I got my Cougars coming in at number 10 um, and hopefully climbing, Mm. climbing on up. Memphis. I got a uh, Alabama. I have one Clemson. I have a three. I actually put in, and I'm still looking at this. Like, am I really going to do this? I put Georgia at two. Um, mm. And I just, the way the sec East is going to shake out this year, it's going to be really interesting. Um, but I think I, that Florida team the the struggles that they had last year with LSU throwing shoes and everything else, uh, and that wasn't a really good LSU team last year. Um, I think they fall off a little bit. I think Georgia uh, gets them handily. They take care of Kentucky, and I don't think there's anybody else in the East that's going to give them any problems. Um, so I, it, it may it, – it, what it looks like on my side is Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Clemson 3 uh, until DJ shows me something else. Um, OSU four, uh, I have Notre Dame at five. Um, interestingly enough, I, I, I have Oklahoma at seven at six. (laughs) I don't know if this is going to be true or not. Um, but I actually put Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati had a really good year last year. They almost beat Georgia. I was like, well, if they can play that well against Georgia, um, they might actually win outright, just win the American this year and go undefeated. So that's basically who I have at, at six. I have Oklahoma at seven, Notre Dame eight. Um, nine is, a, is interesting also, a guy that I don't think gets a whole lot of credit. 
Um, I have UNC at nine. Uh, and there's a number of reasons why, but I think that this is probably one of the first times in recent memory where I think Mac Jones might be able to win his conference. And he may be able to, he may, I think he beats Miami. I think they beat Florida state. I don't think they'll have any problems from Georgia tech this year. They may actually beat Clemson and that's going to be the game. I mean, you know, that's pretty much the deciding game. Um, I, I, they, they, they might beat Clemson. I think that game's going to be a lot closer than most people give them. Sam Howe, a lot of people forget that Sam Howe, how many passing yards he had last year, but he's one of the top five passers last year. And yeah, he's, he's coming back, you know, he's coming back with a, with a, um, you know, with Arsenal, I believe. So I think that, you know, it's going to be a, I think Mac Jones might actually get it done in, you know, or at least if he loses it, if he loses a game, it'll be probably Clemson. Um, if Notre Dame's playing in the conference this year, cause I don't know if they are or not. Um, then it's going to – he'll probably lose one or the other. But I don't think he loses both. I think he either beats Notre Dame uh, if they play or he beats Clemson. And that puts, you know, UNC in my top ten. Uh, Penix Jr. is another, you know, uh, guy that I'm trying to figure out what he's going to do. I have Indiana uh, rounding out my top ten. Home opener against Ohio State. They could be looking ahead to Oregon. Mm. Um, but that's one game I was looking at. And Minnesota, I don't know why. They always play them tough, man. And I think it's – You got to roll the boat. You got to roll the boat. What's that? <laughs> you got to roll that boat. You got to roll that boat. I mean, the, the, the guy is a master motivator. Right. Like he, he will – I mean, he, he is so in tune to his team and just so dialed in and and that team is is all in they they are they have drank the Kool-Aid will run through the run through the wall and I mean and it showed um in their play so I I think that's a that's a good look on you in regards to that could be that could be upset I mean he's had all this time the game plan for for that game and to you know the various speeches and and motivation yeah. tools that that he has in his in his arsenal. I I can see that I can see that you know game going Minnesota's Minnesota's way, you know very quickly. By the way, guys, I just looked at I looked at A and M schedule. They don't have Georgia. They have Mizzou this year. Mm. So mm. that changes yep. something you know that that looks a little like that game against arkansas i could see them tripping up against that or that being really close but and then have alabama a couple of weeks later mizzou's a program on on the rise i mean they're um do they still have who's their head coach is it still uh dj Durkis or yeah. Oh no, um, they, they they have Drink Drinkowitz, I think now. Drinkowitz, yeah. And he came he actually coached with my brother down at NC State. Um and he I mean, he's a very offensive minded, um, does a great job in regards to, you know, playing to the strengths of um of his team and of his players and you know, putting the definitely putting the offense um playmakers in positions to the score. Um very sound schematically and and so I think they're um, they're a team that could make some could make some noise um, as they're trying to get their their foothold foothold 
um, and recruiting going for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, we, yeah. we'd be talking about the Pac-12 all day then. You know, I mean, that's, you know, the Pac, the resurgence of the Pac-12. That's well, what the Michigan, headline is. Michigan hasn't yeah. been winning of late, though. But, I don't, you know, I think it's still a big win. Yeah, I think Washington's the only one out of the – out of those, uh, out of that scenario, that has a chance of, of legitimately winning. I have I have Washington as kind of the dark horse coming out of the Pac-12, because um, yeah. you know Lakes always has a great defense. Granted, I think they lost some um, some players in the transfer portal, um, but he always puts out um, a solid uh, smash mouth defense, um, and their mm-hmm. offense is is typically um, kind of middle of the road. Um, and so I think with his defense and, and just the aggressiveness and just the discipline that they play, um, I, I have them going into the big house and beating Michigan um, and being, wow. and being okay. that dark horse. I mean, Harbaugh, what has, what has Harbaugh done at Michigan? Like, honestly, yeah, what, yeah, like yeah. what, what has, what has he done? Yeah. Like he well, can't find the court. He can't find the quarterback. Can't, can't get the run game going. I mean, he's supposed to be this offensive um, kind of guru. Um, you know, I don't see him in the locker room saying who has it better than us. Because if the if he does, if he says that, the players are going to be everybody else except us has it better than us. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, uh, Michigan is this. Uh, I mean, I'm really shocked they gave him an extension. You know, but this is a big year for him, man. I, you know, he hasn't had that year. I mean, this this supposedly is the quarterback he has this year is supposed to be pretty good. So we'll see. Um, who's their who's their quarterback this year? That's a really good question because I don't know if it matters, but um, yeah, I know the guy is supposed to be a transfer. Another transfer, um, you know, they had the quarterback from Ole Miss that was um, pretty good a, lot, a couple years ago, that um, uh, Patterson, and uh, then they had uh, McCaffrey's son is supposed to be the quarterback in waiting, but I guess he ended up leaving. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen now. They have another kid they say is supposed to be looking pretty good so far and, and early on. One game I want to see, Brian, is that BYU-Arizona State game uh, in the middle of September. Uh, that's going to be a really good game. Hmm. Yeah, BYU has a has a tough – has a pretty tough Very schedule. Tough schedule yeah. I mean, after that Arizona game, then they come back and play play Utah. Um, Utah is, is one that I think not many people are talking about. They got. They have a ton of people that transferred in, um, you know, out of the transfer portal. So if they can put it together, um, you know, with all those, you know, all those pieces, I think that's. I mean, that's always uh, rivalry games are always tough, but Utah, uh, that's going to be a tough game. Then you follow that game up with, you know, Arizona State. Then you follow that game up uh, with South Florida. Uh, Utah State is, you know. You know, it's a cupcake game. Then you got Boise State. Then you got Baylor. Um, Washington Yikes. State. Yeah, then you got Washington State. Um, then you got Virginia. Bronco coming back home to, to Lavelle. Oh, nice. um, you know, the people of people of BYU ran him out of town. So that, that should be a pretty interesting, um, interesting game. Um, then you got a, you know, then you got Idaho State and Georgia Southern. Um, and then you end it with USC. So, I mean, BYU definitely has has a tough schedule, but I think they definitely have the depth um, to be able to play, you know, play these top top teams. Um, 
and I think they'll fare. I think they'll fare pretty well this year. Brian, if Hall Kalani, can stay healthy. Oh, well, I was just going to ask Brian because I don't know who does Kalani have um, at QB this year. Um, yeah, so that's that's really kind of the you know the controversy around around Provo and State of Utah. Um, they got Baylor. It's a I say it's a two man race between um, between Hall and Romney as. Mm-hmm. as going for the starting. Um, there's a small fashion that um, believe that the true freshman or the freshman Conover is also in the mix. Okay. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's out of Hall and, and Romney. And honestly, like if, if Jaron would have concentrated on, on just solely football, um, his what sophomore year, like he would have gave Zach a run for his money. Okay. Um, in regards, in, in in regards to that uh, quarterback battle, he's you know he's a dual threat kid. He he can run he can run the ball. Um, has a very live arm, um, and so I think overall he's a I would say he's a better overall quarterback um, than um, than than Zach. Um, Zach just I mean Zach was just special. Um, right. His, his swagger that he had, the time that he put into the film room, um, you know, set him, set him apart. Um, so I think, you know, Hall being able to, to learn from Zach and kind of see how Zach just grinded it out and the success that he had, um, definitely is going to feel him. So I would be, I would be shocked if Hall doesn't come, isn't named the starter out of that Arizona for that Arizona game. All right, guys. So I'm just gonna say, uh, just say our Heisman early watch favorite, and then our dark horse favorite, a dark horse that you think could emerge. Um, I think, I mean, for me, my two Heisman favorites right now, I would say, are it's hard for anybody but a quarterback, but uh, I have to say, Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell are my two favorites right now. Uh, one guy I really like, who I think nobody's talking about, is Malik Willis from uh, Liberty. I really like this kid. I think he's very special. I think he showed a lot in the six games he played early in, uh, you know, 2020. Um, he had about 2,000, uh, 2,300 yards passing, almost 1,000 rushing. I really think this year he can get close to 3,000 passing, 1,000 rushing, um, you know, at least 20 TDs. Uh, this kid is special. He's one guy I think to watch out for. Uh, Honestly, yeah. I agree with I, I agree with that assessment, uh, Ryan. I have Sam Howell on that list uh, as as one, and and Rattler is one A basically. So you're yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, Sam Howell, more in my opinion, a little bit more proven. All those passing yards, he gets to play against uh, you know ACC defenses. Uh, I, he, I think, I think you know, and it's. The early running is his to lose. Now, if Mac Jones does what he what he plans on doing and uh, plans on competing this year in that ACC and pulls off an early, you know, uh, uh, an early set of or strings together some wins, uh, those first six wins, I think we'll hear a lot about Sam Howe. Um, Spencer Rattler, he's going to do his thing. I'm – I mean, Oklahoma is always going to get the spotlight. But I think I think Sam Howe's probably going to be like in the as a, a front runner until he loses and then Rattler takes over. Um, somewhere you're probably not talking about that. I want to see 
if you know he gets the the time of day this year is Brock Purdy out of Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Yeah. I, yeah, Iowa State. Yeah. Um, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell's on everybody's list for who they want to hire next, right? There, he, he's on everybody. Like, hey, yeah, um, if we fire this coach, let's go get Matt Campbell. He's on everybody's list, but. I think what he's been doing here lately with in a, a usually average Iowa State program, uh, and especially with what you see from Brock Purdy, I mean, I think he's he might be low-key a, um, you know, seventh-round NFL draft pick, one of those guys you pick up like, hey, let me see what we can do with this guy. Because he does – he seems to have, like, the mechanics uh, to make it work. And probably somebody that – that we'll have our eye on for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl as well. But Brock Purdy might actually be a guy that we're talking about. He's my dark horse this year. You don't think um, You don't think with the running back that would kind of take away from his shine in regards to Brock Purdy? Could, or it could add to it. Right. Because, I mean, well, the, it, my, my logic here, Brian, is this. If you're, if you're going to game plan against Iowa State, you're going to game plan and say, all right, you know, we're not going to let them put, you know, 300 yards on the ground on us. And Brees Hall, mm-hmm. Brees Hall could probably, Brees Hall might be able to actually do that. They got that new guy, um, uh, Eli Sanders, the freshman that they got in. The, that They're going to they're gonna have a running game. So defensive coordinators are probably going to like, all right, we got to hold these guys to 75 yards rushing. Let Brock Purdy beat us. But he actually might be able to do that. I saw uh, I saw a few glimpses last year. I was like, well, and, and like I said, maybe it's through the lens of COVID. But what he was doing in the Big Twelve last year, I was like, man, this this guy's actually, you know, he's he's handling his business, and I think low key right. handling his business. I mean, two hundred two thousand seven hundred fifty yards passing last year in a in a season where you know it didn't look it what it wasn't all that great. You know, he had a lot of people out. A lot of linemen out, you know, missing a wide receiver and, and, and still managed to be in the top 15 in passing in his senior year. Yeah, no, I think he's he definitely could be a dark horse. I have for my dark horse the, the running back out of Texas, um, Robinson. Um, I think he's, you know, showed some glimpses um, last year in regards to catching the ball out of the backfield and being able to do some stuff there. I know that's, you know, Sarkeesian does – um, like his his running backs to be very well rounded um, mm-hmm. in regards to running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think if he can, um, you know, kind of increase his numbers there, I want to say he had probably like forty some odd catches, um, but I mean he ran ran for over seventeen eighteen hundred yards. And so I I see him being a, a dark horse, especially with that offense and um, and the the points that I expect them to to put up. But for my quarterbacks, I have uh, I have Rattler, and then I have DJ. Like I just DJ uh, just has he just has that swagger. He just he just has that that it. And I think there's going to be um, a significant jump um, from what we saw um, and glimpses of last year to this year. I think last year that confidence that he gained in those games that he played um, and the work that he's been putting in this off season is just going to help, you know, propel him to, to potentially having a, a special, a special year. 
it's crazy, guys. But uh, uh, you know, one guy I like, you know, has career, uh, you know, just high school. But Bryce Young, man, he's the starting QB at Alabama now. Stepping mm-hmm. in, I think this kid is special, man. Uh, I don't know what. You think he's better than Mac Jones, though? Potentially, I, I just because okay. uh, I think Matt Jones is athletic, man. People knock him, but he actually ran like a four or five, man. He got wheels, and yeah. I think Bryce Young is just uh, as good, if maybe better, because I think he's a little bit. He's like more physical. I think he has a cannon arm, and he has very good. Uh, ability to to run, uh, so um, I, I'm I'm really but interested you, to see how he does. Uh, I really like. But you also have to look at who's his offensive coordinator, uh, O'Brien. Yeah. And O'Brien typically, historically, is more of a run first um, okay. play caller. Yeah. Um, and so I so you know I mean with Sarkeesian and all of the other all of the other offensive coordinators prior to oh, that they were more kind point. of the wide open, you know, we got the horses, we're going to just let them out the stable and run um, mm-hmm. and throw it up to them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what changes to the offense are, what O'Brien's, um, you know, offensive scheme looks like. Um, I fear that it's going to be more um, run heavy than pass heavy, which will, I think, kind of hurt um, his chances in regards to um, in regards to possibly being you know a Heisman candidate, um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what what their offense looks like. Mm, good point, Brian. I, I, you know it's crazy they rotated OCs. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, with Tua, you know, and Jones, it was different. Yeah, so that it, just schematically it would be different for him. Now Robinson probably will be the run-heavy lead back. He's, he's so talented, too. Why not? And, and their offensive line yeah. is always great. I actually thought O'Brien was a surprise hire. Like, I like I just didn't – yeah, I just didn't see O'Brien going to Alabama. Like, I was I was pretty shocked when that, when that uh, kind of came together. Yeah. Uh, just lastly, uh, Memphis, what do you think of the guy I mentioned as my dark horse, Malik Willis, a transfer from Auburn at Liberty? Uh, well, I know he has a really good, uh, coach to, to coach him up. I don't know too much about him. Um, but you know, I mean, Liberty, they're always, I mean, they pick their own schedule. I mean, they're going to be in the mix. They're going to, they're going to have opportunities for them. So I, you know, it's, I, I can't really tell you too much about that guy because I don't know him. All right, fellas. Well, well Memphis well, is hold, always hold, a pleasure. Hold on, hold on, Ryan. I would be remiss if I Uh-oh. didn't, if I did not give a shout out to the University of Illinois um, and their and their comeback season that they're about to have. They're about to have a bounce back season. They opened um, against Nebraska, really? right? They opened up against Nebraska. They're going to take the Nebraska, the Fighting Illini. Um, Coach B, Coach do B. Do you has, think Philippe is going to get it done, Brian? I, I do. I, okay. I do. They're out there stacking the days. Got a great okay. coaching staff. Obviously, I'm a, I'm I'm partial. My brother's the assistant head coach, wide receivers over there. So okay, a little partial. Okay. Um, but they, I, Lovey. I mean, Lovey was on to something. Had some. He left yeah. some. You know, some good good players kind of in the cupboard. Um, they they own the state um, 
And so they're getting a lot of in-state commits. To, and so I think they're going to have a pretty, a pretty good year. I, I, ha- I have them, you know, shocked. And obviously they got, they got a tough, you know, kind of back-to-back with Wisconsin, then, uh, then Penn State. So that's, uh, unfortunately, that's probably uh, Wisconsin. They may be able to, they may be able to run with Wisconsin, but that Penn State game is going to be. It has the potential of being ugly, but I see. I see them finishing the year, definitely going to a bowl game, definitely having a winning record, um, and really, you know, making some making some noise in the Big Ten. And they have a good defense coming back. They have a good front. Um, a good defensive front that's that's coming back, and so if they can settle in on the quarterback, um, they got some pretty decent wide receivers. Um, I th- they have the making of having um, having a good year, and then using that as a springboard, um, you know, into that next year. Hmm. Man, that's um, a, that I'm gonna remember that, Brian. That's that's a good. I didn't have Lovey, a Lovey, uh, Lovey went to back to the NFL. I, I think he's. I don't think he's catching. Not yeah, good. I don't know where he is. If he's if he's coaching, I don't know where he's at. Yeah, because yeah, I thought they said he coaching. took the defensive coordinator job at the Houston Texans, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, mm. with Cullen at the, the he took the you know how he took the job recently with the Houston I think they Texans. have. I thought Houston had Frazier over there. As the D coordinator, Leslie, Leslie Frazier. Yeah, as the D coordinator. Um, yeah, I don't know well, Memphis, when you get when you get a job, I don't know if the linebacker coach or man, something. Memphis, when you get a moment, just look at their facilities. Look okay. at their look at look at Illinois' new um, new facilities. I mean, top top notch. Their I, facilities I, can I'm can compete with anybody's. That first yes. game, Brian against Nebraska, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a really good game to open the season. Well, I'm I'm upset that they moved they moved the game because I was going to go to that game. It was originally supposed to be played in Ireland. Oh, and then they and because of COVID, they they moved the game to um, to Illinois. Probably just it hasn't been that long ago, maybe about four or five months ago. They moved the game, um, yeah. you know. But I was I was excited about that game because I was like, oh, I get to go over to to Ireland, but Ireland, yeah, no, not anymore. Oh. Yeah, uh, okay. that's a, a good matchup, man. Illinois is is I mean in house. I mean Fitzgerald's been doing a good job at North Northwestern. Um, so that that's always a good game. That's the always a rivalry with those two programs, and it's going to be nice to see how the Big Ten unfolds. Yeah, the Big Ten is yeah. going to be really interesting this year with with Indiana, Penn State, yeah. Ohio State, um, Wisconsin. I, I don't know what um, Nebraska is doing or if they can get it together, uh, but uh, Illinois, man, I you know that's. Uh, that that I'm definitely going to start looking at them a little closer now. Yeah, they got a good commit um, receiver out of the IMG Academy, um, who's a who's a player. Um, okay. And it, it seems like it seems like Coach B um, does a, he has a very good eye for talent and being able to mm-hmm. um, being able to project you know a high you know a high school player projecting them into college. Um, and maybe there's a position change or, or something, but he, he definitely does a great job of, you know, having that eye for talent um, of those that are kind of going under the, the radar of, of most college coaches, but then can, you know, can, you know, swing with the, you know, with the 
best of them in regards to the higher profile recruits as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see what they're able to, to do this first, uh, this first year. Yeah, I know your brother's, you know, um, he's been doing such a good job. Wasn't he the recruiter of the year with Rivals or one of the publications? Yeah, with Rivals. Um, he, I mean, when he was down at NC State, they, you know, they really had it, had it rolling, especially, you know, mm. he's, he's just a fundamental – he's just a fundamental coach. Like he, he teaches the players, the fundamentals of their position um, routes. Um, You know, his players are very well-rounded. They're not just, you know, outside receivers, but they, he coaches them to where they can play, um, you know, play in the slot, you know, that they can move them around. Um, And so he does a great job of just, of just motivating, you know, motivating and teaching uh, his kids. receiver, he had an NC State that's with the Redskins now. I think we'll have a big year this year. I think his name was Harmon. Yeah. 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 I think him and McLaurin will be a good one-two punch with the Redskins. He should. He was hurt his rookie year. I think this year he'll step up big time for them. He was a beast at NC State. Yeah. Um, no. He's 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 put out some he put out some good players. Um, you know, both at wide receiver and and tight end. Um, you know, he has the NFL experience uh, when he coached with, you know, Coach uh, Mangini with the Browns. Um, and so, you know, he, he definitely knows what he's talking about and um, and just, uh, you know, just an all-around good guy. Obviously, bias, he's my brother. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I was glad but to see I him go back to Illinois, though, man. That was, that was real cool. Yeah. Come back home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think his track record, I mean, his track record speaks for itself. Like, the, you know, the places that he was at, the players that he coached, and, you know, how they, you know, how they produced on the field and even after they, they left the university, some um, played in the league. So I think, um, you know, his just his resume and track record, you know, kind of speaks man, for itself. Man. Yeah, George McDonald, man, is one of the best in the game, man, no doubt, man. It's just a matter of time for him. Yeah, he, he's, he's paying his dues, man, he's paying off. Yeah. That'll be a good game again, though, man. Scott Frost is under a lot of pressure, too. He left uh, UCF, and he took went back home also to Nebraska. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he does because they haven't really done much at all uh, with Nebraska the last couple of years. So this is this is a big year for him. Absolutely. And they've given, they've given them time, too. Like any well, other coach, I mean, yeah. probably because he, he played there, but they've – They've given him time to, you know, to get his players in and to, to put something, you know, presentable on the field. Um, so hopefully he's able to, to turn it around. I hate when, you know, kind of hometown, um, hometown boys go back to their alma maters and coach, and then they don't have that favorable experience that everybody wants them to have. Well, I mean, that's a lot, of, especially over your neck of the woods, BYU. Uh, I can't remember the coach's name. He's very energetic on the sideline. Who's the, who's the coach at BYU now? Uh, Kalani, Kalani Sataki, yeah. Yeah, Kalani. Yeah, okay, yeah. Now, he's very energetic. Kalani dance. You can't forget the dance. Oh, yeah, the oh dance. he got, he got, he got, he got smooths, man. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, Kalani, like, I mean, and Kalani has a great coaching staff. Ed Lamb, I think it was, uh, it was one game. It might have been the Arizona game last year where I think Ed Lamb saved. Mm-hmm one of the referees, like the referee called some 
late hit or something, and Kalani just lost it. I thought he was about to kill the ref. Uh, <laughs> like, because that's just like he's just that's how fiery he is, and um, and he's one. He's another coach that the players would run through the wall for. Um, even when I played with him, like he was just, you know, he was a great, he was a great leader. He was a great teammate. Um, he's, I mean, they've done a good job in regards to, you know, their defenses, their secondary is going to be stacked. You know, another former player that I played with is coaching the secondary, Gennaro Guilford. And mm. they're, you know, their, their secondary is, is stacked full of young players. Um, they may be a little bit light on the, the defensive line, but linebackers, they probably have, probably two um, two NFL linebackers, I would say. Um, and then, you know, on the offensive line, they're always, they're always deep at, you know, that's just BYU football. It's just offensive line um, receivers. They got, um, they got some receivers that I think will open up some eyes, um, but tight ends, they got, uh, they were probably, they're probably two or they're probably three deep at tight end. Um, mm. And so they had, you know, Rex, who was uh, Isaac Rex, who was, a, um, I think, almost a freshman All-American last year. He's going to have a big year. They got um, this other kid, Holker, who just got back from his mission, who's been, you know, who looks good. He had a good freshman year before he left. So I, I think they're going to have a good one-two punch there at, at tight end. And then they got this kind of fullback slash tight end in uh, Cameron Wake, um, who's, you know, who's another good third option. So, and Coach Roderick, you know, he does a great job of letting his players play and getting them the ball where they where they need to get it. So it'll be interesting to, to, see, to see them put the pieces together. Brian, did you train or mentor uh, Jamal Williams? Yeah, so I, I worked with um, – Really, Jamal, when he when he was down there, um, okay. you know, and he's he's just a like what you see, like the jovial, um, you know, dancing, like that's just Jamal. Like he's 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 a big, he's just a really kind of just a big kid, um, and like he loves loves football, loves BYU. Like when he got suspended for that year, he could have easily um, oh. had gone gone anywhere but you know he came back and and you know had another and finished off his career as the leading rusher um in school history um he's just he's just a good kid like um and you know i love seeing his success in the in the nfl and seeing him you know just you know not losing who he is in the NFL, not changing um, at all. The same way he is in the NFL is the the same personality that he that he had while he was at, at BYU, and that's why you know fans fans love him and and coaches you know coaches love having him on the team because he's you know he's dependable. Um, he's gonna you know he's gonna do his assignment. He's gonna do his job, and they can count on him when he's on the field. Yeah. All right, fellas, man, and I, I gotta give you a shout out, Brian, man, because you called it on, on my. So last year about Wilson at quarterback, and you were right, man. He ended up being a top three quarterback. So I got to tip my hat to you on that. Hey, it's that it's that BYU connection. <laughs> no it's doubt. always great that they actually, you know, what you see, they actually do. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, like I think he's going to have, he's going to surprise a lot of people his his rookie year, um, just because I, I it. 
from everything that the Jets are doing, they're doing the opposite of what they did for Sam Darnold. Um, and they're, you know, putting pieces around them to where it's not going to be solely dependent on him. Um, and so I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, what this year has for him. But all right, fellas, let's uh, give it a wrap on this college, uh, you know, preseason show. And uh, just let the audience know first um, where they can support you and follow you and, and all of your work. Uh, uh, let's start with you, Brian. Yeah, you can um, follow Instagram at, PP, at BP Finest. Um, and then also on, on Twitter, um, you can find my handle on Twitter. I actually got to look it up. Don't know it by, by heart. It's is MC Don zero zero two on on Twitter. So if you want the if you want the BYU inside inside scoop on on BYU and overall how they're they're looking, definitely hit me up there. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm Memphis Spence on Instagram, where I'm hardly at, on Twitter, where I'm usually at, on Facebook, that nobody can see that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I'll be doing my show from noon to 2 Eastern, uh, doing it Monday and Thursday right now, until we recover from COVID, then I'll probably be back to four or five times a week. Um but yeah, it, uh, all of our watch. Look at all of our work on Sports Radio America. The writers do a, a fantastic job. Um, I used to write. I don't anymore. I'm still part of the FWAA. Uh, they have me voting for pretty much everything there now. Um, Outland Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award. I'm gonna be doing their their uh, their Super 16 and everything else. A lot of these uh, college football uh, voting. Uh, regiments and trophies and whatnot um but yeah just find us find find the find the show at whatever streaming service you have 